It's time now for Minds Over Matter, the Bay Area's favorite quiz show. Today, moderator Dana Rodriguez is joined by two panelists, technical editor Kira Pace and educator Laurie Fisher. Now, here's your host, Dana Rodriguez. Thank you very much, Joanne, and welcome, uh, everybody, and good morning. And we hope you can spend the next hour with us because Minds Over Matter is an audience participation quiz program. So, of course, that's what we're looking for, your participation. We would love to hear from you. Those two phone numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that's area code 415 415- Four one four one three four, or toll free. Yes, we have a toll free number eight six six seven nine eight eight two five five. Again, that is eight six six seven nine eight eight two five five. We'll be covering the covering the earth with uh, different kinds of questions, and you are welcome to do that as well. You can dial up with an answer to our question or one of your own. Again, four one five eight four one four one three four. We're toll-free, 866-798-8255. Just to remind you that you can also email us. We would love to talk to you in person. I'm not in person, but we would love to talk to you on air. That's always our preferred way. But if you want to email, that's fine, too. And that is mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. So that is M-I-N-D-S-O-V-E-R-M-A-T-T-E-R-1. That's the numeral one. Mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. Uh, also, you can hear us in live stream anywhere in the on the earth, uh, and that is at KALW.org. Again, KALW.org. And, of course, if you want to hear the podcast, as many do, uh, you can listen to that after the show. Joanne will put it up, and that will be at KALW.org and many, many other places. But start with KLW. I'm sure that would be appreciated. All right. All that being said, we will start with a round of introductions and then a round of questions. And here's the first. Kira Pace is kind of excited to find out whether one of the few pieces of sports trivia she's been able to keep track of is going to get updated this weekend. I think that has something to do with the 49ers. It I does. It does. Well, no, I not bet, the 49ers, I, actually. No, I think it has to do with the Lions. It does. Currently, no. four teams that have never been to the Super Bowl, and that might change this weekend. But and, and, and you have you have Michigander kind of roots, right? Uh, I have uh, I have Michigander in laws. That's so, a, well, okay. Semi roots. Yes, I, I've yeah. married. I've married into roots. <laughs> um, but uh, of course, they are all pulling for the Lions. Um, which makes sense. Uh, underdog story. Um, right. I've lost Lori's. I found it. Okay. Sorry. Lori Fisher is relieved to let the audience know that whether the 49ers win or lose tomorrow, he will definitely not be playing in the Super Bowl. His contract forbids him from going to Las Vegas. It does. And for all your timeshare cancellation needs, our moderator. Dana Rodriguez. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, again, I completely ignore any sports that are going on in the world. So uh, thank you for that. And we're going to begin the questioning as usual with Kira Pace. 
All right. Uh, Ten actors have won the Tony and the Oscar for the same role. Uh, Or 11 actors have won the Tony and the Oscar for playing the same person. Who are they? So you can give, there's 11 answers, but one of them is different from the others. Wait a minute, are these, so these are, this is the same question, two variations on that question, or... It's basically the same question. It's just pointing out that there is there. This will be a list of 11 people. And one of these people, like their inclusion in this list is slightly different from the rest of the people on this list. All right. Once more. Sure. Uh, Ten actors have won the Tony and the Oscar for the same role. There's an 11th person who has won a Tony and an Oscar for playing the same person. Who are these actors? Hmm. Laurie? Yeah, I have two. Barbara Streisand, I would think, would be one. For, uh, no? No. Okay. Oh, for Funny Girl? She didn't win both. Okay. No. Then then I think, how about Jennifer Hudson? Did she do it? No. Oh, I was sure she did. And Joanne is guessing Rita Moreno. So no. we're for three. Okay. Go for three. Yeah, I thought, I was sure Jennifer Hudson and Barbara Streisand, but okay, but go ahead. Yeah, Rita Moreno did win a Tony, but it was for a different. I think it was for the Ritz. It was, so it was for something different. Didn't Barbara Streisand? Uh, win, Dana didn't Barbara Streisand win the Oscar and Tony for Funny Girl? No, I don't know that she won the Tony for that. Oh, maybe she, not. I didn't okay. win the Oscar. All right, um, let's not dwell. Go ahead. How about how about Rex Harrison for My Fair Lady? Rex Harrison for My Fair Lady, and his yeah, character yeah. was, of course... Henry Higgins. Yes, Professor Henry Higgins. He won a Tony in 57 and an Oscar in 64, or for the 64 movie in 65. And, and Yul Brenner for The King and I? Yes, as... Uh, the King. The King, <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. King Mungo of Siam. Yes, so he was a he won a Tony as a featured actor in a musical in '52, but then he won Best Actor nineteen for for the nineteen fifty six film. Sorry, right. so Dana with Deborah Carr in The King and I, not she didn't win an Oscar. She didn't win the Academy Award. She never won an Academy Award. Oh, all right. She was nominated several times, but she never won. Okay, uh, okay we can leave it out. All right, just give the question, question. once more if you would, Kira. Sure. Uh, Ten actors have won the Tony and the Oscar for the same role. An 11th actor has won a Tony and an Oscar for playing the same person. Who are they? And uh, the two we have so far from Dana are Ewell Brenner uh, in The King and I and Rex Harrison for uh, My Fair Lady. Okay. And Laurie, go ahead. I'm going to keep the movie train going since the uh, uh, Oscar nominations were mentioned this week and Barbie and Oppenheimer are nominated, so I was trying to think about titles of movies. So I'm interested in both of them, but I'm looking at the title Oppenheimer, nominated for Best Picture. I'm looking for eight other movies that are one-word titles of a real person that were nominated for Best Picture. So eight other pictures had the last, and in, in every case, I'm looking for the last name, like Oppenheimer. And as a bonus question, there's also an animal. A one-named animal that was uh, also a real animal that was nominated for Best Picture. Two of them won. I'm looking for those. I'll give you two each. Last names of real people, and the last name is the 100% of the title. 
So they, the only qualification is that they have been nominated, not, not that they won. Nominated, real person, and last name only, and one-word title. Are we right allowing Mank for Mankowitz? We are not. Okay. That's a great um, question. Right, 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 right. Real people. Yeah, he's yeah. Right, Mankiewicz would be real, but I'm not going with Nick. Uh, no, Nick no, Rich. no, no. I understand. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Patton. Yes, and Patton is one of the winners. Very good. Get a good. bell for that. 1970. Very nice. So we're only talking about best picture now, right? Best picture nomination, correct? Okay. Is Disraeli one? Disraeli is the very first one. 1929. Really good. We have Disraeli and Patton. Give you one more each or more if you get them. All right. Let's think about this. Uh, and you're only interested in last names? No. Last names? Just the, uh, just the last name. I, I feel terrible. I actually can't remember what the Selma Hayek movie was called. Was it called Kala or was it called Frida? It was called Frida. Okay, Frida. Don't mind me. I think. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't count. Yeah. It doesn't count. All right. Let's think about and that. also, Jay, uh, the bonus question was there's an animal. Real animal, one name uh, animal, the full name of the animal was nominated. Seabiscuit? Yes. Very Yay. Good. That was at the animal. Okay. How so about, is Cleo, would Cleopatra count? Well, I went back and forth and it's decided not, it didn't. Is that her first or last? No, it's not I, her last it's name. It's hard to say. I, I think of it, give yourself half a spell. I don't think of it as a last name. But. And the House of Rothschild? That's that was nominated. Yeah, but that's three words. It would just be Rothschild. Oh, so it would, just has to be. Wait a minute. Just now. the last name. Only yeah. their name. Only their last name. Only so like Amadeus doesn't count because that was a middle name. That's correct. And Frida doesn't count because that was a first name. Just that's the correct. last name. Yeah, that is that's that's the premise. Just to make it uh, more painful. So Captain Blood would not count. Well, of course, that's not a real person, but because it's Captain is in there. All right. Um, it was just it was just blood. It would, it would count if he if he were real, and Dodsworth wouldn't count because that's a he's fictional, fictional person. Yeah, there's a whole other list of fictional ones too, which we may get to someday. So we okay. have just three here. We have Disraeli Patton, and of course Sea Biscuit. I'm looking for six more movies nominated for Best Picture, one of which won. That the entire name of the film is the last name of the real person portrayed in that film. All right. And if you'd like to join us with a question or answer, those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that's area code 415-841-4134. We'd love to hear from you. Or toll free, 866-798-8255. All right, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Is that what I sound like? In the future. Hello. Are you there? Are you talking to me? I am. Oh, this is Roger in San Francisco. Hi, Roger. Um, um, I'm going to talk about Roman emperors today. I'm going to ask you some questions about them. Um, You seem to have had some kind of classical education, so... One question out there, could you name the first 12 emperors? Together we might do that. Meanwhile, who was the last emperor of Rome? 
There's two, actually. One was in the West and one in the East. Who were they? Oh, boy. The first was Augustus, but the last was... I don't know. No. Okay. In the east, uh, I can I know? can probably do okay on the first few. Uh, the last ones, I'm not sure about the um, Caesar Augustus uh, and Tiberius, correct, and Caligula, Caligula. And do you know what the Cla- name Caligula refers to? By the way, like little baby booties. That's right, little booties. <laughs> Lists I can't do, but fun facts I'm there for. Yeah, I know. Okay. You know the first few if you if you ever read or watched I Claudius. So, exactly. so uh, the next one is Claudius, and the next one after that, very easy is, is Nero. 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 Did we get Julius? Did we get Julius Caesar, or is he not on the list? Yeah, and oh, then the next really count as four are known as the uh, Year of Four Emperors. The Year of yeah. Four Emperors. Who were they? Which ones were they? Mm. Oh, uh, Galba is, is the first Galba? one. Galba? That's right. Um, hmm. i got to think of who's... Also, Vitellius and Vespasian. Who was the longest-serving Roman emperor? Mm. 41 years. Mm-hmm. No. The first one, Augustus. Oh, okay. Who was the shortest? Who was the shortest? The shortest. Shortest, shortest serving or the short, shortest? 22 days. 22, wow. He was also the oldest. No. Nope. Nope. That was Gordian One. He was one of the year of six emperors. That was in 238 CE. Who was the youngest? The youngest. He was only 13. No. 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 Gordian Three. There were five good emperors. They're referred to as the five good emperors. Well, Marcus Aurelius must be one. That's correct. He was the fifth. <sighs> oh. And then, um, oh, let me think about this. One of them uh, extended, who was the emperor who extended the Roman emperor to its greatest geographical extent under whom that was one of the five good emperors? Adrian? Oh. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Adrian? Trajan. No. Trajan? All right. Trajan. Well, you nailed it, Dana. one also <laughs> who built a famous wall. He's one of the five good emperors. Adrian. Well, then that was Adrian. Adrian. There you go. All right, there we go. Yeah. And the other two okay. are Nerva and Antoninus Pius. One more. Who was the shortest reign in history? Not just, not Roman emperors. Who had the shortest reign in history? 20 minutes. Who was that? No. It was nope. in 1830. Oh, eight, wait a minute. 
Yeah. Are we still talking about Roman emperors? No, no we're off Roman emperors. Anybody. The year 1830, which was a few years later. But the shortest reign of what, in what position? As king. As king. So 1830. 1830? 1830. And what, what, what country would this year. have been? A faithful year, yeah. What country would this have been? France. France. So that's Charles, is that Charles, that's not Charles X, is it? No. No, he's, uh, he's a little longer than that. It's Louis the Nineteenth. <laughs> Twenty minutes. That's all. He so is that? Then that's Charles's son, and then yeah. he was he was thrown out for Louis Philippe. So that's right. Uh, right. That's right. Okay. Twenty minutes as a king, uh, a world record. Well, thanks a lot. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. So you. Much. Appreciate it. Oh, by the way, last week, Kari Fisher made a. A serious error. He identified Shylock as the Merchant of Venice. Uh, Carly, you know better than that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Thank you. That is a good correction. It was not Shylock. It's Antonio, <laughs> it's Antonio is the Merchant of Venice, right? Antonio is the Merchant. Yeah, yeah I thank knew you, you know for that, that correction. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you. And uh, Ellen is wondering if the movie title Lincoln would count. It does. 2012, Lincoln was nominated. Did not win. Give her a bell for that one. Excellent. Yes. And Hillary was wondering who was who was emperor when Jesus died. I think that was was that Caesar Augustus? Let me think. Was that right? Um. mm -hmm. All right. I have to think about that for a minute. Uh, All right. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. All right. Give me give. Give you a couple of questions here. Um, I should ask a movie question. So, what were the last two winners of 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 uh, Best Picture? Now, I mean, I'm going to throw that. What, <laughs> start again. What, what was the what were the first or what was the first and the last sequel nominated for Best Picture? The first is in 1945, and the last is much more recent. <laughs> what was the first and last sequel nominated for Best Picture? First was in 1945, and the last was very recently. So, Kira, you might know, was it one of the Lord of the Rings that would be the, the most recent sequel? Well, he said very recently, and it wasn't that very recent, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was a, the, the, the third one was nominated and won so and then there might have been a sequel avatar those would be the two best picturey things but i don't know yes please talk amongst yourselves okay so we're we're going with we're going with lord of the rings (laughs) one of the lord of the rings as the most recent okay so more recent than that uh yes more recent than that uh so again what was the first sequel nominated for best picture it was in 1945 and the last sequel nominated for Best Picture, and that was much more recent. And my other question is, I want you to name me, after Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, who are the four women closest in line of presidential succession? One guess each, so you can just guess one of them on the list. So currently, after Kamala Harris, the Vice President, who are the four women closest in line of presidential succession? 
I yield my guess to Lori. <laughs> well, if not, the Speaker of the House and President of the Pro Tem are not women, so it's people in the cabinet. And can you name, can you help me name women in Biden's cabinet? That's his, I can't. I'm embarrassed to say that. Oh, there, here comes Joanne. She says Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen yeah. is indeed nice the job, most senior, and she is the Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, is that, is that so again, is that for third in line? She is, uh, so let's see. She, no, she is, uh, fourth in line. So vice president, uh, secretary of state, secretary of defense, then treasury. Oh, I, th- I thought, uh, when Pelosi was speaker of the house, I thought. Oh, no, I'm talking that. about the cabinet part. Okay. Just, yeah. Okay. All right. And, um, all right. And how about, so, how about the, in the sequel movies in 1945? Is it the Bells of St. Mary's? It is the Bells of St. Mary's, yes. Uh, so, which is the sequel to, uh, Coming My Way. Yeah. All right. So there's one. So again, after Vice President Kamala Harris, who are the four women closest in line of presidential succession? Janet Yellen is the first. She's the Secretary of the Treasury. And uh, what were the first two sequels nominated for Best Picture? The first was in 1945, and Lori got that, and that's The Bells of St. Mary's. And what is the last one? And um, all right, I'll give you I'll give you one more movie question here. Uh, what were the last two winners of Best Picture in a row to share a title word? Yeah. What were the last two pictures of Best? Well, last two. What were the last two winners, excuse me, of Best Picture in a Row to share a title word? And can I, is the word a major word, not an article? It's not the I don't think I'm going to break that down any further. And the the word cannot be included in another word. In other words, it's a standalone. So, again, what were the last two winners of Best Picture in a Row to share a title word? (laughs) All right. And the two numbers to join us, area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hey, it's Bill. Hi, Bill. you got to turn down your radio because we're getting Just a little vibrating. Right. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see, uh, Lori, of the one-word titles uh, nominated for Best Pick, what about Gandhi? Definitely. That's the other winner in 1982. Very good on that one. Okay. And for, let's see, Dana, the women closest in line to the presidency, how about Deb Holland? Very good. She's the next in line. She's the Secretary of the Interior. Very good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And a quick question. Um, According to Harper's Magazine, what percentage of Americans are hoping to inherit money? (laughs) Hoping? That would be a hundred, I'm sure. From their parents? Is that that sort of what they're... Well, from from any source. It doesn't... It's not specific. By hoping, do you mean expecting... Yeah, uh, right. it, no, I'm, I'm quoting. I'm quoting the way it was worded. Hoping to inherit money. Well, then I will guess 100 percent because who yeah. does not hope for money? Well, but you'd be way point. too high. 
I was going to go with 110%, but now I can't. Okay, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with 70%. Yeah, I, I will say 60. Dana, you're pretty close. Uh, it is 58%. All right. Okay, yeah. now, what percentage of Americans are hoping to inherit a pet? A pet? <laughs> there. Wait a minute. Let me let me clarify that. They're hoping to inherit a pet. Yes. I never. I've never heard it quite put that way. They're hoping to inherit a pet. Um, the pets are part of the estate, huh? I didn't. Yeah. Kira is is. Are, do you have a line of people that are hoping to inherit your dog if something happens? To I you? object to this <laughs> verb. I've. I've <laughs> I, this hoping is weird. I'm going to just go ahead and treat it as expecting to ha- inherit a pet. Uh, I'm going to go with something lower and say twenty five percent. And I'm going to go much higher because I think otherwise he wouldn't ask the question. So I'm yeah. going to go. I can always speak for myself that I've had a couple of dogs that nobody would ever ex- hope to inherit. So I'm going uh, with 80, 85% at my end. Oh, boy. Okay, you're you're pretty high, but okay. What do you got, Dana? <laughs> I, I'll, I'm going to say about 25%. I already went okay. with 25. You should go with 60. Oh, again. I'm sorry. Did you say that? Uh, I did. Yeah. Go with 60. It worked for you last time. No, no. That's too high, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I have a little problem with people hoping to inherit pets. So, all right, I'll say 35%. Well, Dana, you should have listened to what Kira was telling you. Oh, well, there you go. It's 59%. There you go. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I've never heard a question put quite that way, that they're hoping to inherit a pet. Really? Well, I think, so I, when I looked at the sources, what I what I came to understand is that um, in the case of money, apparently, yes, they're hoping that somebody in their family, and it doesn't specify that it would be the parents necessarily, but somebody in the family, like, you know, your rich uncle, who knows. And uh, as far as pets are concerned, um, it, apparently it's to it's those who hope to inherit, it, uh, inherit a pet from oh, not just family, but possibly friends. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Don't don't want any surprises there. So the money would be fucked. I love yeah. your dog. Hurry up and die. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know who's coveting whose pets. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, anyway, thanks again. Have a have a great great rest of the morning. Thank you. Very appreciate it. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you're enjoying the show. We would love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to call in and we'll put you on the air with a question or answer. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that's 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. Panels today, that would be Kira Pace, technical editor, Lori Fisher, teacher at Diablo Valley College. I'm your moderator, Dana Rodriguez, and you're listening to us on K-A-L-W, that's 91.7 FM, your local public radio station. All right, let's see here. Let me look at this. And yes, uh, we had, we did have a, a email that Gandhi, but that was, that was taken there. And, mm-hmm. and let's see. Um, oh, milk. Somebody, yes. somebody guessed milk. 
They guessed that- correctly. Milk was in oh. 2008. It, it was there you go. Milk. That was Deborah. Who guessed that? Thank you, oh. Deborah. Way to go. All yeah. right. Good job. Three more. And uh, Kira, I believe it's your turn again. All right. At around 520 degrees Fahrenheit, which plant-based oil has the highest smoke point? Highest smoke point. Hmm. Is it one we find in our kitchen to use for cooking? Uh, it's not particularly rare, if that's what you're asking. I don't know what's in your kitchen, but well, I know could be. But, but in general, could be. Yeah. yeah. You, you wouldn't be shocked to find it there. Right? No, no. Well, so it's not an oil that's routinely found in people's kitchens? No, it, I, it absolutely could be. It's not in everyone's kitchen, but it's is not it, super rare. It's is, it a, is it a fruit-based oil? Uh, it is a plant-based oil. That's what I will give you. Joanne guesses peanut oil. Uh, that is not correct. Well, it's obviously not olive oil because you wouldn't have asked. That's too easy. You wouldn't have asked that question. No, and uh, it's not. A, olive oil isn't that high. Well, I guess. Yeah, it burns pretty easy. How about yeah. canola oil? Nope, canola. not canola. Okay. So, trying to think here. But people use it for cooking, obviously. Yes, it is a cooking oil. Uh, about rapeseed or rapeseed? Nope. nope. All right. Okay. Well, there are a lot of oils to think about. Um, but it is, it is plant-based. All right. Okay, leave it out. Uh, ask the question once more, if you will. Sure. At around 520 degrees Fahrenheit, which plant-based oil has the highest smoke point? All right. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, good morning. Always good to talk to you. Uh, so this is Eid. And, uh, you know, since you mentioned Robert Oppenheimer, it may tell people how old I am, but I met him at Cal in 1966 when he was visiting professor from Princeton. And he's really connected to Cal, and this is where he did most of the research in the beautiful our physics department at UC Berkeley. He was a good man. By the way, he did live in El Cerrito while he was in Berkeley as well. So he's a local man, and everybody please watch that movie. He was human as well. He regretted creating the atom bomb, which he really couldn't do anything about. It was in the make anyway. So I have a couple of questions, very quick one. Let's start with chemistry. So uh, 66%, I know I asked that question before, but it's good to let people know. Most people don't. 66% of our, of our body, human body or animal body, are made out of single element, by weight, by the way, by weight. Root third of your body is made out single element. Which one? Water. <laughs> Water is not an element. Water is a compound. Well, uh, <laughs> chemical element. Well, think about it. It's only made out of two atoms. So which one? Hydrogen or oxygen? Oxygen. Oxygen, yes, because 16 times is heavier than hydrogen. Very good, very good. The, but related to the same question. Which element in our body or anywhere else made at the Big Bang? All elements beside that one are made in stars. Stars are element cookers. They make elements. But one of them was made uh, at the point of Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago. Uh, so which element is our body everywhere else as well? Hydrogen. Hydrogen it is. Yes, it is the only it's element. Water. Uh, yeah, well, hydrogen and oxygen... Uh, together they make water. They make water. Okay, what is the chemical composition of diamond? Uh, 
Carbon. Very simple, but yeah. most people don't know. What is it? Diamond. Carbon. Yeah, carbon, but you know, most people don't know that. All right. We, we, <laughs> they do if they listen to the show. I told you last week about the, this for the audience. This is for the audience because I won't take too much time. Uh, this is a, okay. So 1260 AD, Egypt totally destroyed the Mongol army after they killed 11% of the world population, then 60 million people then. That's an awful lot. And the whole Earth's climate changed. It got cooler by many degrees because of killing so many people. Now, 10 years before that, the Egyptian army defeated the Seventh <coughs> Crusade uh, led by Louis the Ninth of France. I heard you talking about France here. Actually, not only that that happened 1250 A.D., 10 years before the Mongol incident, but uh, it actually the army was led by a woman. So I want your Egyptian woman. I want your audience. This is really interesting. History is beautiful. Chemistry is beautiful. Uh, so I want your audience to search that and tell me the name of the woman. And don't well, ask also thing. What is the origin of the word chemistry? Chemistry. Command. Command. Yeah. What is it? I only had to audience? hear that 500 times to remember. Okay, it is Egypt. Always a good show. Thank you very much. And again, our tradition to Robert Oppenheimer, he was a good human being, and he would definitely object to this savagery that's happening in the Middle East today. Thank you again. Great show. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. And uh, Chris uh, emailed and is wondering whether Trumbo is one of the movies. It would be, but I don't think it was nominated for Best Picture. It didn't come up in my research, but I get corrected every once in a while, so I'll check. All right. And uh, Chris also wondered whether peanut oil is the oil you're looking for. Nope. It is not peanut. And Ellen was wondering if grapeseed oil is one. Uh, it is not the answer to this question. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's uh, quickly repeat any questions that have not been answered yet. Um, Kira, we'll start with you. All right. Uh, ten actors have won the Tony and the Oscar. I'm sorry. I'm going to cough. Hold on. Man, okay. Ten actors have won the Tony and the Oscar for the same role. Uh, an eleventh actor has won a Tony and an Oscar for playing the same person. Who are they? And so far we have Yule Brenner from The King and I and Rex Harrison from My Fair Lady looking for nine more. Also, at around 520 degrees Fahrenheit, which plant-based oil has the highest smoke point? Um, on the first question, so this could be a real person. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Joanne is guessing Nathan Lane, but I don't think that's right. Uh, that. No. He, he Does he have an Oscar? I no. He has an Oscar. Not, yeah. No. Yeah, and Dana, quick question. Didn't the Tony start in the late 40s? So it's going to be nothing. Yes. It was okay. 47, 48. Right, right. I will okay. go ahead and tell you that the first person on this list won a Tony in 1947. Hmm. And his Oscar in 1950. That was so. No, would that be Judy Holiday and Born Yesterday? No. Okay. Also, I said his, so that's a little bit of a clue. Oh well, I thought you were just using (laughs) generic sense. No, Um, I would say there. I would use singular generic there in that case. Okay. All right. All right. And yes, yes, Lori, go ahead. Um, my question, uh, based on Oppenheimer being nominated for Best Picture, I was looking for 
The film is nominated for Best Picture in which the entire name of the film is the last name of a real person. We have Disraeli, Patton, Gandhi, Milk, Lincoln, and the one animal, Seabiscuit. I'm looking for three more, and that's all I have. All right. So what were the last two winners of Best Picture Academy Award in a row to share a title word? Last two winners of Best Picture in a row to share a title word. Um, what was the first sequel ever nominated for Best Picture? First was in 1945, and Laurie got that. That's The Bells of St. Mary's. And what was the last one to be nominated for Best Picture? That was Is it Avatar? Picture. We were Is discussing it. it. Yeah, and that's an excellent guess, and I think it's this came in uh, just a little after Avatar. So, yeah. And... Um, Yes, currently after Vice President Kamala Harris, who are the four women closest in line of presidential succession? Uh, so far, we have Janet Yellen, who's Secretary of the Treasury, and Deb Haaland, who is Secretary of the Interior. We need two more on that list. Who are the two next women who are closest in line of presidential succession? Um, CM is wondering of coconut oil, but I think we could, didn't we cover coconut oil? Did we, we did not? not, but it is not correct either. Okay. And, uh, Ernie is wondering if avocado oil is, uh, is that. Ernie nailed it. It's avocado oil. Oh. All right, 520 Stop. degrees beating Good safflower, time. which is around 510. Nice work. All right. Yes. Her tatum. Also guessed avocado oil. So, so much for that. Nice job. Good job on that. All right. All right. And uh, Lori, I believe it's your turn. Okay. I think we have time for a short list. So I've noticed that students applying for college these days, and this is, they finish their application. The one thing they're obsessed with is acceptance rate. So the lowest acceptance rate are in the Ivy League schools and a couple of private schools in California. So I'm looking for the four schools in the country that have the lowest in other words, acceptance rate, the hardest to get into that are not Ivy League or in California. So I'm eliminating the ones that would come first to your mind, and all of them are 6% or lower. So not Harvard and not Princeton and not Stanford, not CIT, no California, no Ivy League. There's four of them. There's more, so, those are the four so which ones are you leaving out here? May I ask? I'm leaving out any in the Ivy League, so Harvard, Yale, Princeton, et cetera, and any in California, because what would come to mind would be Stanford and the California Institute of Technology, which are really hard. So these are not Ivies, and they're not in California, and they have a 6% or lower acceptance rate. There's four of them. What about MIT? So, yeah, MIT's right. Next one on the list. Very good. At 4%. Very good. So Caltech, you, you mentioned it's not Caltech. You're, you're yeah, not. It's, a, it's in California. Yeah. And no, nothing in the Ivy League. So is Stanford and you, well, you Stan- Stanford and the UCs are in California. So I'm leaving those out. How about University of Chicago then? Yes. That's third on the list at 5%. I'm looking for two more. So what about, about uh, yeah, oh, go ahead, Kara. Duke, Duke University. That's it. That's the next one on the list. That's the one that cuts off the list. It's six percent, and I'm looking for one more, and it's a pretty what a, surprising. So yeah. would something like Juilliard count, or uh, something uh, the the one that Juilliard would count? It's not on the list, but this is kind of like that. It's a it's a specialized. So it's a music arts. school, then, isn't it? It is. It's a music school. At Berkeley. Well, it's not uh, Berkeley. That's good. That's Berkeley a great with guess. two E's. Yeah, Berkeley with two E's on the East Coast, but not that. 
All right. Well, then the next one would probably be Curtis. Curtis. That's correct. British Institute of Music in Philadelphia at 5%. That's the list. The next, the next group is the ones like Swarthmore and Northwestern, but you got the four. Very nice, bro. All right. We're in the okay. table. Good. Good work. Um, all right. Let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Good morning, Tom and Debbie in Napa. And Hi. somebody beat us to the avocado oil, but Debbie oh. was, was guessing that. So, um, in March, the Bay Area became the first major metro area where uh, electric vehicles or hybrids comprise half of new car registrations. Hmm. Um, so my question to you is, which of the nine Bay Area counties uh, had the highest registration? Of uh, either electric or hybrid? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. And my impulse would be to say Marin. And you would be correct. This is not too difficult. So they they apparently measure these things by thousand residents and miles traveled. And Marin apparently per thousand residents uh, have almost two thousand miles per resident on uh, electric vehicle or hybrid. So good good for Marin. Um, Go Marin. In, I'm hoping that uh, one or more of you is a fan of the Blues Brothers movie. Uh, certainly one of my favorites. And there is a scene toward the very end when the guys make it into the Cook County Assessor's office, and there's a clerk sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a cameo role played by one of the most famous American directors alive. Here Frank Oz. Frank Oz. No. Oh, wait. No, not... it's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly he right. He was Frank Oz is, is... Is he not the, the clerk? He, he does have a cameo. He's in that scene. He's in the... Is he in, the, is or, he in that scene? Or is he a cop? No, he's in. The, he's definitely in the movie. He does something, but I'm trying to think of what he does. Um... I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was in the assessor's office. Okay, don't mind me. Yeah. According to this, it was Spielberg, so. Great show, as always, and go Niners. All right, thank you very much. Is that Spielberg's only film appearance? I don't know. I don't know. Hitchcock. Uh, Anyway, you're listening to Minds Over Matter. I hope you're enjoying the show. Feel free to give us a call. We would love to hear from you. We have uh, quite a few minutes left in the show, and we have room to talk to you. So 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. Oh, I think it's my turn to the question here. Okay. Uh, Okay, so I'm looking for two states here, and... I'm looking for the state with the most and least vehicle miles traveled per person. Okay. So what is the state where the average person drives the most and the state where the average person drives the least? Right. Once more in the U S what is the state where the average person drives the most and the state where the average person drives the least? All right. Great question. What do we got? All right. 
Oh boy, it's hard to say. Where do people commute from and to? So I think it's going to be a small state where people commute. So I'll say the most is Massachusetts, but it might, it might be Texas. I'll start there. Uh, it is neither one. Kira, do you want to take a guess? Um, huh. Well, for most, I know Florida is, it's a really big car state. So I'm just going to guess Florida for most. Uh, no, I, uh, it's not Florida. I'll, I'll give you the mileage and I don't know if that will help too much, but so the state where the average person drives the least or excuse me, with the most, excuse me, is 18,072 miles per year on an average. And the state where the average driver drives the least is 6,324. Uh, what about uh, for least Hawaii and most Alaska? Oh, Hawaii! Your logic is very good, uh, but but no, it is neither Hawaii nor Alaska. Okay. I'll take one more guess at the least. How about New Hampshire? No, for the least. For least, yeah. No, I just wouldn't no. think they would come drive that much. No. Nope. So okay. again, where are the U.S. states where the people drive the most on average? Or the one state, and the one state where people drive the least on average. You know what? Can I just take one more guess? And this is just based on averages and public transport being such a thing in New York and so much population being in New York City and just guess New York for least. That is correct. That is correct. New York is the least because exactly But Kira's Kira's logic is that there's a lot of public transportation generally. But, but only in New York City. But that's yeah. where most of the population that's is. That's where most of the population yeah. is. Yeah. Fair enough. Of course, of course, those people don't have cars, so I don't even know if they get, if they get factored in. But never mind. Okay. All right. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds of Matter. Hi there. Danny and Sandra in Albany. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Okay, we got a bunch of random answers here. You want to start? Um, uh, um, yeah, these are the actors that won Tony and Oscar both. Oh, hooray. Okay. Um, I have three that I'm pretty sure about. Uh, okay. I would say Anne Bancroft for The Miracle Worker. That's correct. 1960 Tony, 1962 film. I would say Paul Schofield for A Man for All Seasons. 1962 Tony, 1966 film. And... Uh, this is the one that amuses me so much, I mean, just because of who she played later on, but that would be Shirley Booth. Come back, Little Sheba. Ooh. 1950 Tony, 1953 movie. Nice job. She she didn't get it for playing Hazel, though, I'm pretty sure. She should have. And Danny has in, one. in the hearts of, of millions. Uh, what about Joel Gray? Uh, 1967 Tony, 1973 film. Nice what job. Oh, <laughs> cabaret! <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, the uh, the last name um, movie title movie title we got Skype. Uh, yeah. you know whatever. Not yeah. Skype. Lincoln and Gandhi were swiped from us, but Chaplin. How about Chaplin? No, it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I remember I, I it was double check on 
this. So that makes okay. sense. Probably just Robert Downey Jr. for the, yeah. the role. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Okay. So uh, and and uh, the uh, the consecutive winners uh, with with the same the same word. Uh, both of us got got t- totally flummoxed and, and stuck on Moonlight and Spotlight. But we know that's not it. That was not your idea. But I, no, I because those are included in other words. So, right. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's all the way back to All About Eve and All the King's Men. Ooh. That's a great guess, um, but no, it's it's after that. Oh, they weren't they weren't, well, they weren't in a row, were they? They were forty nine and fifty. No, no, but there were there were a couple of alls there someplace. Um, okay. Yeah, two two of our favorites. Um, um, all right, I know the other answers in my head, but I can't find them. So right. you know. So, okay, <laughs> so so now you have to tolerate a question from me. Uh, I'll, I'll make this I'll make this brief. This something amusing that I came up with recently. Uh, so, Sir Humphrey Davy uh, is credited for naming the elements sodium, potassium, magnesium, and aluminium. But aluminium was his third choice for a name for that element. What was his first choice? Can you give us a, a clue as to why he would have discarded his first choice? Well, um well, he, uh, he he apparently isolated it uh, working with with alum, uh, and he first isolated it in eighteen oh seven or eight, depending on who you um, who's writing about it. Um, but why did so, he stick with it? But well, uh, well, uh, it, it, the why is is unknown, and the and the and the why it went why he went from this from the second choice to the third choice. Uh, is is uh, uh, debated whether it was his choice or one of his colleagues. But uh, but uh, uh, when he when he first uh, isolated the uh, the element, he called it something, and then four years later, when he published, he called it something else, and then he changed that to aluminium. Did the original choice have alum in the title? Yeah. Okay. So alum, <laughs> ammonia. All right. Well, um, this is just, just an, an, an amusing thing. If you don't know, you can, well, you can guess all day. It was called aluminium. Yeah, aluminum uh, in his notes, and then when he published, he called it aluminum, just like all of us uh, Yanks. And uh, within the year, uh, the, his colleagues had started calling it aluminium, and uh, history does not record who decided that, but that's what stuck over there. But it was first aluminum, so if people you know, want to say that, uh, that we have somehow uh, corrupted the true name of aluminium, uh, it, ain't, it ain't so. We got it. We were very <laughs> So, question on that. So, alum is Latin for, um, I don't remember if it's salt or bitter salt, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, why, do you know why he chose that name in the end, as far as? Nope. Uh, this, this, you know, you know, uh, know the, the, the sum of my, of my scholarship here on this, on this subject. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, but I, I just thought that was uh, amusing. With uh, I, I forget <laughs> where, right. we, where uh, we stumbled on. Yeah, wherever aluminum came from. When I when I ran across aluminum, I, I just uh, I was very amused. But uh, oh, all right. the, the other, the other the uh, amusing thing about uh, about Sir Humphrey, he can also uh, claim a place in the history of poetry. And uh, uh, any idea why he has a place in the history of poetry? <laughs> Huh. This is just an open question. Is I don't expect you to know because I'm going to tell you because it's just too cute. Um, he was the subject of E.C. Bentley's very first Clara Hugh. 
No kidding. That's in 1905, cool. uh, in the Clara Hugo's as follows. Sir Humphrey Davy abominated gravy. He lived in the odium of having discovered sodium. <laughs> and uh, all the listeners out there who don't know what a Clara Hugh is, look it up. C-L-E-R-I-H-E-W. Yeah, it's very amusing. So there you are. Thank guys. you very much. Okay, thanks a lot. Great. All right, I, 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 be, I believe we were the aluminum foils in that question. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and uh, you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you're enjoying the show. We have a few minutes left. We'd love to hear from you. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free, 866-798-8255. Do you have a quick question you want to throw in, Lori? I do, and it's very timely. And Kara, you'll like this one. I heard on the news this morning, I checked, it's true, that PETA is taking on Puxatani Phil and is recommending that Puxatani Phil no longer be used to determine whether we're going to have more winter or not. But they have suggested a substitution, a non-animal substitution. What does PETA think we should replace Puxatani Phil with? Barometer? Not the barometer. That would make way too much sense. This is more. Uh, how would you, without telling us, how, what sort of field would you say this this would be? I would, in? I would say their their substitution is playful, and it has to do with uh, what they think is kind of a randomness of the choice. Is the substitution alive? No. Okay. Non sentient. Dice roll. Uh, yeah. you're, you're right there. Well, the dice roll, what's the problem with the dice roll? It, it would give oh, you so coin flip. Yes. They have a gold, they suppose to go a gold coin that would be flipped and heads. It's more winter and tails. It's whatever the opposite is. So very good. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. I'm, and, uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Ever Matter. Hello. Peter from Florida. In what episode? Of the honeymooners, does Ralph Cramden inherit a pet? Ooh. Do you remember the episode? Episode eight. Not. Episode eight. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> Describe it in some way. Ralph is, inherits a pet. The, is it a is it a fish or something like that? Goldfish. No, it, it, there's a pun at the end, but it it it, it, it the scene is the reading of the will. Remember, mm-hmm. Ralph keeps going, I'm rich, I'm rich. He keeps thinking he's going to inherit something. He's been told, come to the Oh, yeah, it's, is, is that the one where they said, he's going to, you're going to inherit my fortune? And, and fortune, fortune is the name of the, of the animal? or Of the, of the dog, right. It, that's the punchline, because the woman in the reading of the will talks about this great bus driver. He was so kind, he'd come down to help me on the bus. And... And she leaves to him her fortune. And he's like, I'm rich, I'm rich. And then at the end, they hand her, her fortune to him. It's just a lap dog. Nice so one. he inherits a pet. All right. There you go. Anyway, so uh, uh, a good pun at the end. So, But now let, let's get back to uh, today is the International Holocaust Day. I don't know if you, if that was mentioned. That is, That's what today is. Or... Uh, now, getting getting back to that, what is the relationship of of you have balaclava, baklava, 
and babka. Which of those relate to Holocaust Remembrance Day? This is a tor- this is a tough uh, <laughs> sort of thing to. There's no way to do this right. Yeah. Uh, well, balaclava is is the, the yeah. ski mask thing. The the skirt. Yeah, right. It's or, the yeah. ski mask. Right. So and not, babka not is really babka is a that. Jewish. That was, that's, that's the Crimean babka is a war. Sweet. Right. Babka is a, 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 a sweet. It's a bread type. Yeah. yeah. It's like a sweet roll. Yeah. So what's uh, that? So probably the babka, right, because the babka is a Jewish Jewish and from that part of, uh, from Poland. So it's a Polish pastry bread. And uh, I'm just just making connections here. No need to be too heavy on uh, this Holocaust Remembrance Day, but we're not going to let it happen again. All right. Enjoy. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And uh, you're listening to Minds Over Matter. Hope you're enjoying that. Um, Oh, Paul is just emailed and said that um, Frank Oz played the prison guard to return Jake's personal items in Blues Brothers. Thank you very much for clearing that up. There you go. Glad we got that straightened out. Yeah, Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Good morning. Hi. Uh, you haven't had any sports questions, so I thought I would call you with one. Why are the Detroit Pistons called the Detroit Pistons? Presumably because they were part of, uh, you know, Detroit, the the automotive city. You would right. think so, Motor but city. not not true. Oh. oh. I don't oh. know. That that was my guess. Too. So were they in? Were they somehow? Um, sponsored or founded by a company that had to do with the manufacturer of pistons? Very good. You're close. That's true. Right. I mean, the like the Ford line was there. Yeah. But so is it or is it not automotive related? It is. Uh, that's a kind of a tough question to answer. It's not really automotive related. Or like factory worker related? Yeah, you could win a lot of money with this for people who think they know no sports. Maybe tell us. So wait a minute. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, I'm not wrong. I think we're right. But and I don't know what the company would be. But so the Detroit Pistons were not always the Detroit, right? So does the name Pistons come from a different place yeah. other than Detroit? Yes. All right. Uh, and that's as far as I can go. So, all right. Fill in the fill in the gap for us. Okay. The Detroit Pistons started in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh-huh. and they were owned by a guy named Fred Zauner, whose company made pistons for trucks. And they were the Fort Wayne Zauner Pistons. And then when the NBA expanded, they moved them up to Detroit, and they kept the piston name. All right. Well, makes sense that they would have kept that. Just like Los Angeles Lakers were in Minneapolis because the land of a thousand lakes. Right. They kept the the lake's name. Well, thank you very much. We we have to run. We're almost out of time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay. Time to clean up very quickly here. Kira, what do you got? Uh, The people we have left for uh, Tony and Oscar winners are Jose Ferrer for Cyrano de Bergerac, uh, 
sorry, Jack Alberson uh, for the subject was Roses, Lila Kudrova for Zorba the Greek, Helen Mirren, who played two or Queen Elizabeth II twice, although uh, different roles, and then Viola Davis in Fences. All right. Uh, the, all right. The, th- the three movies with a uh, one-word title were Capote, Beckett, and Wilson for Woodrow Wilson. That's all I have. 